Welcome back to Hail Marys and Hoops. I'm your host, Jeff Pratt. You can find me on Twitter at Hotline Fantasy. I'm a social and content intern at DraftKings and a fantasy analyst for Primetime Sports Talk. And before we get into the debates and conversations, huge shout out to our former roommate, Justin Vogelin, for cooking up the beat that you're listening to right now as our intro. It's really sick. Justin does a lot of cool stuff like that. I'll be sure to drop his Instagram and Twitter, whatever social media tags he has and account in the description of this episode. So, to get into this episode, tomorrow evening, August 2nd at 6 p.m. ET, the NBA free agency moratorium officially opens and teams are able to agree to terms with players. As always, I'm joined today by Jeremy Guerin and Anton Lee. Guys, before we get into the free agency madness, I want to quickly get your favorite pick from the NBA draft a few days ago. Jeremy, we'll start with you. Welcome back to the show. Uh, thank you for having me, Jeff. I'm going to lead with a pick that happened in the mid-teens. I was thinking about going with the player that I said was going to be the best from this draft class, Davion Mitchell. Uh, I had him down, and then I decided to pivot to a different direction. I'm going to go with Charlotte getting Kai. landing spot for Davion. Yeah, I guess. I still I still don't mind it, just because it gives the Sacramento team a little bit of identity. Uh, I got Charlotte getting yeah. Kai Jones as my, my pick of the draft, per se, only because from the spot that they got him, I understand that he went to Texas, and yes, I am a horns-down guy, because Texas is just incredibly annoying, and their fan base really sucks. Um, that being said... They, the, the Hornets did have a hole at center. Let's face it, Cody Zeller is like, what, 29, and he's already bald enough to be uh, Brett Gardner. Um, I'm looking at this Charlotte team, and they got LaMelo Ball. Who'd they draft? They drafted somebody else early, didn't Bo-Knight. they? Bo Knight. They got a steal, a book night. That's right, they the UConn kid. Book night. Yes. Yeah. Um, they obviously book, book have Gordon night. Hayward still, Jeff's favorite player. You got Terry Rozier, the and then you got... A combination of P.J. Washington and Miles Bridges. So I would say that you have the one through four slots in a traditional lineup pretty set. What they didn't have was a real uh, a real five, a real good five that they could use to stretch the floor if they needed to, or at least provide some sense of athleticism, and I think that's what Kai Jones gives you. Yeah, I love what Charlotte did in the draft. Not just the draft, draft day, uh, Jeremy. I mean... Early on, yes, they spent some cap space to bring in a really solid backup in Mason Plumlee. He was great in Detroit last year. And then they get Kai Jones uh, in the mid-teens. That was a steal for him. I know a lot of teams wanted to take him in their early teens, and they ended up grabbing him at what? Was it 19, I think, Jeremy? Something like that? Yeah. I believe so, yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah, it was in the mid to late teens. It, it was great value for what they did. They entered draft day with no viable starting centers. Sorry, Cody Zeller. And they uh, can't, and they left it with two viable starting centers, in my opinion. So I love what Charlotte did. Anton, welcome back to the show. Who was your favorite pick? I think we all know what it is. Go ahead and go for it. Well, so admittedly, as everyone kind of knows, I'm a diehard Cleveland fan. So I got to go with my guy. They drafted Evan Mobley, right? <laughs> You know, he's part of pretty elite company, in my opinion. Pac-12 Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Freshman of the Year. I don't know how many people have done that before, but it can't be many. Um, The NBA is sort of trending towards uh, this desire for big men who can move on the perimeter and defend against screens. And I think that's right in his wheelhouse. Um, Great ball skills, especially as a passer. Um, And one small detail I love about Evan Mobley is that he is actually the younger brother. His older brother, Isaiah Mobley, also plays at USC. Um, and I think being the younger brother, you know, you're always playing against your older brother, who is, you know, he's, he's also a seven-footer. He can just use his size um, to dominate against other people. But I'm sure playing against him, he had to learn how to use skill to beat his own older brother. And you can look at, like, Jordan. Jordan, also, uh, Michael Jordan talks about his... Uh, older brother being a huge reason for why he became the player he is today. Um, and I'm just really excited about Cleveland as a whole. You know, they have an exciting young core, Garland, Sexton, Okoro, and Evan Mobley. And I think that's going to be a really exciting team. I'm really excited to see what the Cavs will be. Maybe we'll sneak into that play-in game. Who knows? I'm just really excited for what the Cavs can be. And I love Evan Mobley at number three. Yeah, Anton, you and I, we've gone back and forth on Evan Mobley too much. I, I think... Since the draft has concluded, I've come around that I was a little too hard on him. He was the best available talent at three. I'll give you that. My main concern, as I said to you in our group chats, is he hasn't shown the ability to stretch to three uh, on any consistent level. And he's going to have to do that as a skinnier 
big man, and he is an athletic freak. So he could be a really good player, but I think a lot of that will come with how consistently he can develop a, a jump shot. But yeah, I, I love Evan Mobley. My pick, he wasn't actually in the first round, but he was in the first round on a lot of people's big boards. It's Jared Butler falling to Utah at number mm. 40. I mean, I he like averaged that. 16 and a half points per game and five rebounds for uh, the NBA, the NCAA champions at Baylor. He also shot 42% from three in his senior year. He's going to fit right in to that Utah system of selfless ball movement and elite three-point shooters. That's a great spot for him. He's got a lot of shot creators that he can just chill out in the three on, play D, uh, and yeah, I love Jared Butler to Utah. I think it's a great fit. He should have been a first-round talent. I know that there were some health concerns there. A lot of people didn't think he's going to be able to play in the NBA for a while, but he was cleared, and he should have been taken in the first round. He's going to make some people pay for it. Today's episode is brought to you by Primetime Sports Talk, your top source for all major sports content, including DFS, fantasy advice, and great gambling tips. Be sure to head over to primetimesportstalk.com to check out their in-depth analysis, exclusive articles, fascinating interviews, and explore the rest of their amazing podcast family. Again, primetimesportstalk.com, your go-to spot for sports content. All right, that's enough draft talk for now. We're going to move on to NBA Free Agency or a trade, actually, that led us into NBA free agency on draft night. The Lakers acquired Russell Westbrook for Kyle Kuzma, Montrezl Harrell, KCP, and the 22nd overall pick. And that pick was then traded by Washington to Indy, and they selected Isaiah Jackson. Anton, you're a big LeBron guy. We know oh, yeah. how excited you are for him to be back in the mix here. How do you feel about this move? especially with the Lakers now being $12.6 million below the hard cap with just five players on their roster. You see, I was thinking about this trade a lot. And to me, it felt like Rob Palinka went on 2K, put together as many players as he could and said, oh, who can I get for this? Oh, Russell Westbrook? That's crazy. Maybe I should just do it. Um, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. You know, I think the the number one thing you need around LeBron are are consistent shooters right a guy like uh like buddy healed i mean he was in talks uh with the lakers just before they made this trade with russell westbrook and i was really hoping that that was going to happen because they still had those pieces they still had some draft capital they still had kcp and they had one of the best young shooters in the game and now they have russell westbrook who may be in my opinion the worst volume shooter i've ever seen in my life i mean Back in the bubble, the strategy was literally let Russell Westbrook take as many sh- as many threes as he wants to and will win that way. I'm not sure how I feel about this move. I feel like they really handicapped themselves by not giving themselves any room to add any other notable free agents or really anyone for who's not going to ask for the uh, if they can't sign them for the veteran minimum. So I'm not too sure how I feel about this move. It's flashy. It has the it has the the big name appeal to it. Russell Westbrook coming back home to Los Angeles, but in my opinion, I think this is more or less a lateral move for the Lakers, and maybe they use too much uh, to get him. So, not so great for the Lakers. Yeah, obviously Westbrook. He's got the big name value. He's a triple double machine. Statistically, one of the greatest players the game has ever seen. But considering they were a couple minutes away from instead acquiring Buddy Hield. I think that this was a failure for the Lakers on draft totally. night. I think Buddy Heald, you know, he's $20, $25 million less. He's a better fit. He doesn't need the ball in his hands. Uh, the Lakers need shooting, and that is exactly what B- Buddy Heald provides uh, on a much cheaper salary, and then they would have had more space to bring in solid guys instead of, you know, you know, if they even use the mid-level, the taxpayers' mid-level exception here, then they'll have $7 million to bring in eight more players. So the Lakers are in trouble. Did they screw themselves, Jeremy? Oh, I really hope they did. That'd be so nice <laughs> if they did. I I live for a world in which LeBron doesn't make the playoffs again, and then we can hear of people worse. Um, <laughs> in terms of the the Westbrook trade itself, I, this is this is dumb. This is so dumb. Me and my dad looked at each other as soon as it happened because I told him he wasn't on his phone. I go, hey, dude, Russell Westbrook just got traded to the Lakers. He goes, okay, I hope they can cut the ball in half because both LeBron and Russell Westbrook <laughs> are going to want it in their hands when they're bringing the ball up the court. Um, in terms of a spacing problem, I think it's there. 
LeBron has steadily grown into a slightly better shooter the later in his career, but Westbrook can't shoot anything anymore. I mean, he's got he's connecting. He wasn't he one of like the worst three point shooters in the league just two seasons ago, and last year he wasn't that good either. Beal was carrying most of the scoring, especially most of the outside shooting. Um, I think that Westbrook. People always said it's going to be interesting interesting to see when Westbrook loses his athleticism. Well, he's thirty two. That's exactly what should be happening right now. And I think it's starting to a little bit. Like, yes, he is still averaging triple-doubles. But you know what? He's he's on the wrong side of 30. He's starting to lose a step, and he's trying to think about that one last contract that he can kind of cash. And I think he might try and do a little bit too much. Yes, good news. You're going to have a second score to anchor the second unit when LeBron and Anthony Davis are going for a break. Who is that second unit going to be playing with him? Is it just going to be guys at the local Y? We don't know. It's Mac McClung. Mac McClung. Oh, at, this point, yeah, at this point, it's, it's Alex Caruso. And then no, Caruso's Caruso's a free agent. He's not even Yeah, he's not even there. He and THT, who are key rotational players, which I think says a lot about the Lakers in themselves, both of them are restricted free agents. And I think that... At least THT gets a pretty high offer sheet that Los Angeles just isn't able to match. They really did screw themselves over financially uh, with this one. We know the luxury tax isn't a problem for Genie, Boston, the Lakers. They'll pay whatever they need to to contend because they're going to make so much money back the following year throughout the regular season anyway. But the fact that they are this close to the hard cap, it's a dangerous situation for the Lakers. But moving on from that trade, getting into some actual free agency here, we're going to go over a couple of big name players, talk about where we think they could land based on recent reports, our own opinion, and we're going to start off with a guy we touched on last episode, but there have been recent developments. It's Kyle Lowry. We know today the Miami Heat picked up Goran Dragic's $19 plus million option in an attempt to use that as part of a sign and trade package for Kyle Lowry. Jeremy, do you think that's the spot Lowry ends up? Is it going to be Philly? Is it going to be somewhere else? Back to Toronto? I think that was your initial answer. It seems that's less likely now. What are you thinking? Yeah, I do think it's less likely that he returns back to Toronto, which could be interesting because I think Siakam is also on the trade block there. Does Masai Ujiri consider just blowing the entire thing to the studs like the Cubs oh, did in the trade that. deadline a couple of days ago and what happens there? Um I have Miami as the primary destination only because of the real team that we've heard a quote-unquote report around. Uh, a legit report, we'll say, because, I mean, the Sixers rumors have been happening ever since the trade deadline. But so have the Heat, uh, the Heat ones. And this last, this Dragic move kind of points toward it. I think the secondary option that I have for, the hit, for uh, Lowry could be kind of interesting. I could see him moving uh, back to Houston. I think him Ooh. with that young core trying to lead um, Jalen Green and these guys into the... Uh, the next era of Rockets basketball, again, a tax-free state. He had to pay a lot of taxes because he was playing in Toronto. His contract got, I think, 30% of it just wiped away just because of taxes over the course of it. Houston tax-free state, it does have an impact on free agents for the NBA. Yes, I do know that is, that is the one sport where the tax-free part of the contract helps. It's uh, And the two tax-free states, of course, Florida and Texas. So Dallas, Houston, Miami. Those teams benefit. Orlando benefit from that, but Orlando kind of sucks. So that that's their own problem to deal with. It's interesting that you chose Houston over Dallas, which is another team that has been rumored to be uh, in contention for him and clearing cap space. We know they just traded Josh Richardson to the Celtics in order to clear up around $35, $36 million to make a push for a guy like Larry. So what made you choose Houston over them? Uh, he's played in Houston before. I do remember that before he went to Toronto. It kind of occurred uh, occurred to me that they could try and use him like a John Wall to, uh, was used last year, except for the fact that I think Kyle Lowry's better. He's more available. Um, and John Wall just has a lot of... He, he's got to build his reputation back up. He obviously, At his peak, John Wall is still more athletic than Lowry is, but we just haven't seen John Wall at full strength for a while now. And I think that Houston would like to have one veteran that they can pay sort of not max max dollars too but pretty close to max dollars just to be a, a sort of a steadying presence in that locker room and to pair with christian wood as the two if you will veterans i don't even know if christian wood counts as a veteran at this point he's obviously been in the league but he's still pretty young um wood and lowry combined and then you had jalen green they got josh christopher um yesterday or not yesterday a couple of days ago geez my timeline's all screwed up and they drafted one other kid that i can't remember at uh 16 they traded up for him but um yeah i just think it could be interesting 
Yeah, you know, I I don't personally see him leaving Toronto if he's not going to be going to an immediate contender, but the logic is certainly there if Houston wants to throw him a large offer. And, you know, he doesn't necessarily like the situations uh, that these other teams offer. Anton, is Lowry going to Miami? You know, I don't think uh, Kyle is going to Miami only because... He's going to the Lakers? No, he's not going to the Lakers. <laughs> On that minimum he, deal, same with DeRozan, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah, for it. No, no, actually not in Los Angeles. I'm hoping that uh, Kyle and DeMar might link up in New York, honestly. Um, mm. The Knicks, they have the bag, and it's sort of their choice to fumble it. They have about, what, $70 <laughs> million in, in cap space this offseason. Um, the Knicks, you know, they're all right defensively, but offenses, offensively is where they need the most help. Um, and I think Kyle Lowry would sort of solve a lot of the problems they ran into in their first round loss to Atlanta. They sort of need someone who can get their own bucket and have some, just someone for the offense to flow through that isn't Julius Randle. Um, and the Knicks are in need of someone with Lowry's resume. Um, and if he wants like those, if he wants to maximize his earnings and play a big role on a team that would be, I would say, competitive at the very least. I would say he goes to the Knicks. That's interesting. I, I think he's going to Miami at this point. I think all signs point to Miami. We know that he wants to play with a versatile big man like Bam. They, they got a good culture. I don't think that Lowry to Miami puts them over the top by any means. I think that uh, with the addition of him, they're competing with the Bucks for second in the Eastern Conference behind the Nets. They're still nowhere on the Nets level, assuming all of them are healthy. And I don't even necessarily think I'd put them on Milwaukee's level at this point because we know they're going to make moves this off this off season to reestablish themselves as contenders but i do think he ends up in miami all right uh we had DeRozan down here but we sort of touched on him last episode we don't need to go over it again i do think one thing i'll say is the rumors about him taking like the taxpayers mid-level exception to go to los angeles as a 31 year old coming off a solid year where he needs to get that last big contract it's ridiculous Lakers fans, he's Agreed. not walking. He's not walking through that door. Sorry, Anton, it's not, it's not going to happen. No, I I'm not hoping for that to happen. But I'm also not a Lakers fan. Let's make that very clear. I'm oh, not a Lakers sure fan. you are. I, I just want LeBron to get his rings so Jeremy right. can uh. Jeremy All can right. So it, mo- moving on from Kyle Lowry, we're going to touch on another point guard. This one much younger, but just as exciting. Lonzo Ball. It's been reported that. The Bulls are prepared to offer him a four-year, 80-ish million dollar offer sheet, which is, you know, a fair amount of money, but Lonzo flashed plenty of potential last year in New Orleans. Um, Anton, we'll start here with you. Do you think this Bulls deal gets done, or will another team like the Celtics, who have been rumored to be in on him, jump in? You know, I think with the whole uh, Evan Fournier, sorry, Evan Fournier debacle with him wanting a lot of money, maybe, you know, the Celtics make a push and try to get someone like uh, Lonzo. But I don't, I see it very unlikely that he returns to the Pelicans. You know, they didn't want to extend uh, his op- his option. No, no, they didn't want to extend him last offseason. And I think they've kind of made up their mind that they're looking elsewhere. I think this uh, $20 million a year, um, probably too steep for them. So I think he's uh, probably going to look elsewhere. I don't think he's going to... Maybe he goes to the Bulls. That sounds uh, very enticing, but I secretly am hoping for you guys that he goes to the Celtics. I would just love to see him on the Celtics. He's a perfect fit. I've always loved Lonzo's game ever since uh, I watched his highlights uh, with Chino Hills <laughs> um, and the Ball Brothers with that crazy offense. You're not, you're not alone there. But I, I, I really like Lonzo's game. I think he's a great passer. I love his uh, his team-first mentality. I love his defense. He's really improved his jump shot. And I think the, the thing we have to take from Lonzo Ball is that, you know, these players that come out, these one-and-done guys, sometimes they gotta, you got to give them a chance. you got to give them a chance to develop. you got to give them a chance to, to acclimate to the league. And I think he's done that. And I think he deserves this, this extension, uh, this, this new contract he's going to get. And I hope he ends up on the Celtics, but it seems likely he'll end up on the Bulls. I think you made a great point at the end there. Lonzo, he's a guy who, coming into the league, Yes, he shot a high clip at UCLA, but it was clear that jump shot was broken. And every single year, he gets better. That jump shot looks a little cleaner. So he's clearly putting in the work. You just, as you said, you got to give some of these young players time to really grow and develop their skills. Um, Jeremy, where's Lonzo going? 
Uh, I think he's probably going to go to the Bulls. I'm hoping that another team gets him. All I hope is that LeVar uh, ends up unhappy from this. So if he doesn't go to the Bulls, please let him go to like LeVar. Sacramento or some basketball <laughs> hellscape, Orlando maybe, and just let let him let him go and rot down there only because LeVar will get mad. Because I still think Lonzo is going to put up pretty good numbers wherever he goes. Yeah, I think Lonzo's a good player, and I would love to get him as a Celtics fan. But, Shocking you know, that I'm saying this now after, you know, four right. years ago whenever he was drafted, I was definitely crapping on him. Also, yeah, uh, well, re- you know, sorry, I'm just going to cut in here real yeah. quick. Uh, report from NBA Central on Twitter. Celtics, quote, losing confidence, end quote, yeah. in re-signing Evan Fournier. Yeah, so why don't we just jump in there then um, and, and talk about Evan Fournier. It, it's reported that the Knicks are willing to give him a four-year, $80 million deal, the same offer as Lonzo Ball. That's a, that's a lot of money, Kinda but steep. you know, Knicks are, Knicks are going to do Knicks things. Um, and if I were Brad Stevens, there's no chance I would be willing to match that type of contract. Jeremy, as a fellow Celtics fan, would you go that high for Fournier? No, but I also don't know if I go that high for Lonzo. I just know that you're going to have to go that high for Lonzo if you're going to get him is the problem. I don't think I go high, that high for either one of them. I don't think either one of them are worth 20-plus million dollars. I think that's stupid. But, but what if you told what if you told Evan Fournier that he's playing for, for France and he's not uh, playing We're going to keep that secret in our back pocket, Anton. That way the Knicks <laughs> don't find that out. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't I don't see it. I don't I don't think there's a fit for him in Boston if he's going to want that much money. And you know what? Go go cash in in New York, and I hope you enjoy losing in the first round every year. I would pay him a two-year $40 million extension or, the, or contract. The big thing for me is four years. Right, because in two years, the Celtics right now, they're pushing to get that max spot for 2023. They can technically get it in 2022, but it's a lot more realistic for them to push that money and set it up for the 2023 offseason when guys like Embiid, Jokic, Carl Anthony Towns are going to be free agents. And if you bring in Evan Fournier, you're going to have to move him when he's thirty, when he's over 30 years old, making $20 million. You're probably going to have to give up picks. We saw what Brad Stevens had to do to move off of Kemba Walker. He had to give up the 16th overall pick in this draft. So I, I would hesitate there too. Anton, do you think, where do you think Fournier goes? Is it the Knicks? Did, does he take a little bit less of a pay cut for the Celtics? Um, I definitely don't think so because for me, I watch Evan Fournier and my first thought is if you give him the ball, he will shoot the ball. And for the Celtics, if they're trying to add someone like Bradley Beal or, um, I don't know, maybe a big-time guy like Dame, who knows? Um, I think Evan Fournier, he fits, like you said, for free for a couple years. But in four, I don't know. I feel like that's maybe too much. Uh, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot if you do that, in my opinion. I think New, I think it's up in New York. You know, New York seems to be willing to get anybody to satisfy the the fan, satisfy Julius Randle, whoever. <laughs> I think that if he really wants this money he'll definitely find it somewhere else and someone will pay him this because he seems to be a pretty hot commodity, especially since dropping, what, 28 on Team USA on all those all-stars. Maybe Evan Fournier decides to swallow his pride and stay with the Celtics, but I think he ends up somewhere else. Yeah, um, all right. Next segment moving on. We're going to talk about some vets here very quickly. Do you think any of these three players leave the situation they're currently in and the team they're on. Kawhi Leonard just opted out of his player option. Sounds like he and the Lakers, and not the Lakers, yikes, that would be a disaster. The Clippers are going to try to work towards a new deal. Chris Paul, I don't think he has officially declined his player option, but he's leaning towards that, trying to get a three-year deal worth Sham over said he $90 did, million. I, believe. He, I, I think Sham said he did, and then Wodge came out and said that he's still leaning uh, who's been it. more he, right in he, the last like four days? That though. is very true. Woj has been off his game. He's made some. He's been. He's made some mistakes. That's for sure. And then the last one, a much lesser name, but key to the success of his team is Mike Conley with the Utah Jazz. Quickly, we'll go around the horn here. Anton, do any of them leave their teams? The only okay for Kawhi, I would say the only reason you could say he might leave is because of this whole injury fiasco. You know. The whole thing with San Antonio and how they sort of, you know, kept this injury, they kind of downplayed the injury, and then now you find out that he got this outside source and then, you know, got the ACL surgery and that's out for a whole year. Maybe you see that as like a parallel to the San Antonio situation, so maybe he decides to leave for that reason. But other than that, he's a hometown kid. You know, this is one of the strongest teams he's had around him. The Clippers have shown that they're willing to do anything after they mortgage their whole future to get Paul George. Uh, so I think he's gonna—he's probably not gonna leave. But I think 
and same thing with Mike Conley. I think he's sort of going to stay. This is his best best situation. Just came off his first uh, All Star selection. But I think Chris Paul's probably the only guy I can say he might leave. And the reason why is because, like I said before, this was probably his best chance at winning the championship. And he kind of blew it. And it wasn't like there's some other outside reason, like he got hurt, his teammates got hurt. No, he just played poorly. And he's asking for a lot of money. I don't think the Suns are willing to do it because they have to deal with Mikael Bridges. Uh, DeAndre Aiden has to get his extension. And, you know, there are some conflicting reports, like you mentioned, Jeremy, about uh, whether or not he'll decline or re-up his option. But I say that he needs to get out of the West. It seems to be shaping up to be a bloodbath. I don't know who's coming out of the West this year. Um, so I think he, I really hope he ends up in the, with the Heat, quite honestly. That seems like a good fit for him. Um, wow. And with Yeah. But I don't know. I think of all the guys, Chris Paul's probably the most likely to leave. Fair enough. Uh, I think I agree with that. Out of all of them, Chris Paul is the most likely to leave. I think if he leaves, he goes to the Knicks. Uh, obviously those ties have been there. I said he was going to go to the Knicks a, a couple of episodes ago. I'll, I'll stick with that here, but it sounds like he's trying to stay in Phoenix. Jeremy, any of them leaving? Uh, I say no. I still like my idea of the, uh, the was it Carl Anthony Towns? Oh, no, D'Angelo Russell for Chris Paul trade yeah. <laughs> with the sign-in trade for Chris Paul. I think that's a phenomenal idea on my part, and the Timberwolves should definitely look into doing it. Uh, I don't think any of them leave because there's no cap space available in the open market outside of New York, Charlotte, and, like, San Antonio, which all kind of blow in terms of and destinations. Miami, to an extent. Uh, we don't talk about Miami. They're not going to have anything because they're not going to want to trade either the White Devils. That being said, the only thing that I would push <laughs> back against on Anton's point is I think the East is going to be harder this year. I know I the West Really? I know wow. that. So, so here's yep. what I would say. I know that the West is a dogfight, but I know the best team in basketball is waiting in the East in the Nets because they are top to bottom yeah. disgusting. The Bucks That's have true. just won a title, and they have all of the confidence in the world that they can go out and do it again because they're battle-tested now, if you want to put it that way. At least in the West, I know that I would have to deal with an old LeBron who's probably going to get hurt. And then who else am I going to have to deal with? A young upstart Jazz team that I have a good chance of beating because I just did last year if I'm the Clippers. I can beat uh, a Dallas team that doesn't have Luka, and if Kawhi re-signs, he says, okay, I don't have to go and fa- I don't have to go and partner up with him. Dallas isn't a threat. Phoenix is probably not going to be a threat because I think, like you said, this was probably their best shot. And top to bottom, the Clippers are better with Kawhi. I think the Clippers have a better chance of getting out of the West than any team has of getting out of the East, not named the Bucks or the Nets right now. And that includes, that includes the Celtics. Yeah, the Warriors are such the, a wild card because you don't know what Clay is going to give you. That's true. That's I fair. That. I think the Warriors could easily come out here and come out of the West. But it, it all does depend on, on Clay. And it's unfortunate that they weren't able to flip those picks for a valuable for a valuable starting caliber player. But at the same time, I like what they did, bringing in uh, Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga. It sets them up nicely to have players who can take over if they keep them. Once Curry, Clay, and Draymond ease into retirement there. Um, all right, so we got one final segment here before we turn things over to Jeremy. Uh, we did this last episode with Jeremy taking over late. We might have to start making it a segment calling it Garen's Game or something like that. I like he, that. He has, nice he has something waiting for us at the end of each episode. Before we turn it over to Mr. Garen, the graphics master here, what is going to be a big surprise in free agency? I guess I'll start off. I haven't done that in a segment yet. Uh, mine, it's not a huge surprise, but I think that you know, if it's is reported, it's definitely going to be something that make people do a double take at their phone. Like, huh? That much? That much money? And that's going to be Spencer Dinwiddie is going to get paid. After campaigning mm. to get paid, <laughs> he's one of the guys we've seen, basically, one of the first guys we've seen really campaigning to get paid a specific amount of money over the past couple of years. He says he's, he wants five, 125, four, 100. Either way, he wants that $25 million area per year, uh, and I, he shouldn't get it, but I think you got these teams like the Knicks if they start missing out on big guys. The Wizards are absolutely a team that I would look out for trying to build around Bradley Beal and bring in talent that are willing to pay up more if they start losing out on guys just to make sure they land something and they don't have a complete dud in free agency. So my big surprise is Spencer Dinwiddie after years of campaigning to make a lot of money gets a lot of money. Jeremy, what do you think? 
whoever pays Spencer Dinwiddie is a fool if they pay him that much money. That's just dumb. I know you didn't disagree, but coming off an ACL injury, paying a guy $25 million a year for more than three years, $25 million is stupid enough. Paying a guy for more than three years, not knowing what he's like after an ACL is downright stupid. Um, my, I had two takes. I think Melo is going to return to the Knicks because I think this ties into the second and bigger point that I have. I think Portland's going to blow it up. I think the two teams that are going to blow it up this year are going to be Portland and Toronto. Both of them are going to be in next year's lottery. I think that the Portland's going to try and trade CJ, get a piece for Dame that's going to horribly blow up in their face. Zach Collins is already leaving, not that he was a major piece anyway, but I think that Melo's also going to leave because he's going to find more money than what Portland's willing to offer. Um, so I think that them and Toronto, who's going to lose Kyle Lowry in free agency or via sign-and-trade, which we will get into later, by the way, um, and Siakam's going to get traded as well. I think both of those teams are going to be in the top four for lottery odds after this next season. Wow. That's a big one. But, you know, I respect the bold takes. You always come with them. I know you love this segment. I like to go bold. It is fun. Yeah, it's yes, fun. You it's do. Fun to, it's fun to create shock. Anton, who's your, what's your bold take? You know, I've, as, a, as a Cavs fan, I can remember the bromance of Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. Every year, it was like, they're back this year. DeMar has a three-point shot, guys. Don't worry. We're going we're gonna to run the East. Who and it never that? works out. But, I mean, they said it. 2017, I swear. DeMar said um, it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it okay. probably that, was that, that makes sense. Probably, then, if they would probably was a source. <laughs> Demar um, and Drake. You know, but I just I feel like I've mentioned it before. Demar and Kyle Lowry in New York would just be a pleasant surprise. You know, I'm a guy who loves storylines. I love, um, you know, I, I I always felt that they kind of did Demar dirty when they traded him for Kawhi. Even though it did work out for for Toronto, I always felt like uh, Kyle Lowry and Demar their story did not deserve to end that way with Demar being traded away. And it would just be nice for them to get back together. For it would be good for the league to have like a solid bromance to lean on. And I really hope that Demar and Kyle Lowry end up together. Yeah, they, it would they, just be it would just be good. It's good a for shame the league, for everybody. It's, it's a shame after the last bromance of Boban Marjanovic and Tobias Harris got broken <laughs> up. That was tragic. That was tragic. And that you was know, tragic. Anton, I think it's very likely that the Lakers land both these guys on vet minimum deals. At least if you ask a Lakers fan. I think oh. that that's what they'll tell you. Oh, but, and we're um, also getting mellow too, I swear. Yeah. You know I think that that's the one guy they will you actually said, you get. Said, you just said we. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to make that. He did. He just said we're actually getting mellow. I didn't mean to mellow. say we. I didn't mean to say we. But we as in him it. and LeBron. They're a collective yes, Freudian unit. slip. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so that's all I have for you today. Cue the Wheel of Fortune music. We're kicking it over for Garen's game. ba da ba Thanks. All right. So uh, I was happening across. So I wanted to see because Jeff was talking about uh, how he was a little bit harsh on Evan Mobley when he was drafted and, and talking to Anton in the group chats. So I said, OK, fine. I know for a fact that Bleacher Report has done grades on all these first round draft picks. So I wanted to see it. So I went over to, go, uh, to Bleacher Report to try and find it. And the first thing that popped up was NBA free agency. So I said, OK, I'll click on this because, you know, me being stupid, going down rabbit holes all day long. Um, the top article was five blockbuster trades to blow up 2021 NBA free agency. And I want to oh get boy. your guys' opinion on all five of these. And I'm going to read them in order because this is the way that they had it listed. Very, okay. very interesting. So, number one, DeMar DeRozan completes the Clippers' big three. Uh, the Clippers would receive mm-hmm. DeRozan in a sign-and-trade. The Spurs would receive Luke Kennard, Patrick Beverly, and Terrence Mann. A, is it realistic? And B, is it the fit that they, the Clippers would need? I don't think it's realistic because of the one player you mentioned in there, I see no reason why the Clippers would give up Terrence Mann if this is a sign-and-trade deal and otherwise the Spurs could just lose him for nothing. I think it would probably be another salary to fill that because Terrence Mann was really good for them last year. And if the, if the Spurs were able to do that, then great for them. That That's a win for them, especially bringing him into a situation with Greg Popovich running the show. Uh, is it realistic, that type of a trade? Maybe I wouldn't go out there and say that it completely made me think it wasn't going to happen. I, d- I don't think he ends up in, in Los Angeles on either one of those teams, but I'm not going to s- sit here and rule it out completely. Anton, you think it's realistic? I think realistically, I think it, I think it could happen, honestly. But w- do I think it's like a good trade? Not really, because 
I feel like people have a lot of recency bias with Terrence Mann. Sure, oh, he showed up. Uh, he showed out. He showed out in the playoffs. He really Pride did. Pride of Lowell, but... Massachusetts. Next town over. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really? I see. I well, worked, I mean, uh, so, but... so, quick quick side story. I worked yeah. with a guy a um, couple summers ago at Coles. We were, do, we were doing the opening truck unloading and all that stuff, 6 a.m., and we were talking because me and my buddy are big sports fans there, and he goes, yeah, so when I was little, I used to get babysat by my neighbor. And my name, and because I was friends with uh, her kid, and her kid had an older brother, and the older brother was Terrence Mann, which I wow, thought was wow. pretty cool. Because That's he, so, so cool. he told me about him, and I had no idea who he was, because this was before he got drafted. So then when he got picked like 45th or whatever it was in the draft, I was like, hey, I know this guy. And then when he dropped like 39 in a closing game six, <laughs> like two weeks ago, I was, I was reminded, I go, hey, I still know this guy. That's wild. <laughs> All right, sorry, Anton. I hijacked All you. All right, there. Anton. I feel like, sorry, I mean, my point is like Terrence Mann. I feel like he's just another flash in the pan kind of guy. I don't. I quite honestly, I don't know if I've seen enough from Terrence Mann to be like he's worth. He's probably like, what he probably is. Definitely the 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 centerpiece of that deal, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. So I don't know. Do, do, do the do the Spurs really feel like adding was Zubox and Patrick Beverly, who I will to this. I will, I will die on this hill. Pat Patrick Bev? Beverly just runs around and he just plays he with max suck. effort. He sucks. But he sucks. He sucks. Anyway. I, I used to really like his, like, grit, but now I just think he's a baby. <laughs> Especially after yeah, exactly. what he did to Chris I, Paul in that closing game. That was that was, oh, that that was, was just such a cheap shot. It was that so, was soft. So, so, Anton, I know you called Terrence Mann flash in the pan. Let me just give you some stats that he had on the season. Okay. The man shot 42% from three. He shot 54% from the field. What did Dean Wayne shoot? Oh, no, boy. 100% from three. <laughs> I don't even have to look it up. I think he's more than a flash in the pan, but I understand. He's not Bismack Biyombo 2.0. Let, That's what I was thinking. That. That's exactly what I was oh, thinking. Bismack Biyombo is much better for, than that. Bismack showed up for one series and was like, this guy, is, he's the next he big thing. He and then got like, a massive deal from Charlotte. No, Orlando, yeah. sorry. It was Orlando, Orlando. yeah. He got Huge. traded to Charlotte was, after. All right, all right. What's all this right. next uh, yep. trade? Next one, Lonzo Ball lands in Chicago. So the trade package would be Lonzo Ball via signing trade to the Bulls in exchange for Kobe White and Tomas Sadoransky. No, it's not going to happen just because they're it saying have they're to. saying it's because Lonzo may outprice himself from the cap space that Chicago has and is willing to offer at this point. Because Chicago is right on that fine line where they have between t- like eighteen to twenty-one million, and he thinks that uh, this writer thinks that. Uh, Lonzo could get 22 to 24. And there are other avenues that Chicago could take to clear up cap space. The minute you said Kobe White in that deal is the minute that I shut it down. Just because they're not going to trade their young point guard who's in the middle of a very lengthy shoulder rehab after he heard it playing pickup. I know. Uh, which is something, something crazy on its own. But um, yeah, there, there's, there's no way they deal Kobe White for Lonzo just because they don't have to. All right, that's fair. I was just wondering because I personally yeah. wouldn't mind it only because it clears up the logjam at point guard. I know that you're getting rid of both of yours in that scenario. Maybe there was someone else in Sadoransky that you could put in there, but I wouldn't have. Uh, I wouldn't have minded it to be honest with you. I think New Orleans would definitely like that if they could get him. Oh yeah, but I, it all depends. It all depends on what Lonzo can get on the open market. All right, mm-hmm. um, Anton, I'm gonna lead with you on this one because I think that that the the Lonzo one was pretty cut and dry. This one's a little bit more interesting. So Kings give John Collins the max in sign and trade. Kings received oh, John Collins via sign and trade. Hawks received Tyrese Halliburton and Marvin Bagley the third. Oh, okay. So here's a couple so, so, things. As someone, so yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say this clears up the Kings' uh, backcourt logjam that they have after drafting Davion Mitchell, okay, which is wait, interesting. Well, what other what other salary is going over in that deal? First of all, because uh, that can't that can't be it. Both of those guys combined Halliburton and Bagley, because Bagley's still on his rookie deal. That's but what don't, combined. Don't the Kings have the cap space to sign Collins to said max, so they don't need the the like the offset in a sign and trade? Going? I believe that the salaries have to match to a certain extent. I'm we, not. We positive. traded Rozier for Kemba, and yes, we didn't trade anything with it. No, but Rozier got twenty. They have to match to a certain percentage. I, I believe. Although I, I Bagley's probably quote, making a crap yeah. ton. If don't I quote guess. me on it. Anton, go for it. I'm sorry. No, okay, no, no worries about it. But as, as someone who has been living with Celtics fans for a few years, you say I that can like say it's a bad talk thing. about. No, it. I didn't. Well, <laughs> I was kidding. <laughs> but, but but I've heard John Collins is like, we need just, Danny. Please get John Collins. Please, yeah. right? He's a he's really athletic. I really like John Collins' game. 
But you know who I hate? I hate Marvin Bagley. He is like the perfect <laughs> example of the guy in college that just dominates, you know, like Jalil Okafor kind of guy. Hey, He's someone don't, don't disrespect Big Ja like Oh, that. come on, come on. <laughs> Marvin Bagley, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it could be just Luke Walton is maybe the worst coach in NBA history. I mean, <laughs> somehow he's managed to to mess up Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley. I'm just shocked that De'Aaron Fox hasn't had like a panic attack yet. You know, the thing is, Marvin Bagley, he just seems to have a lot of tools, but just not none of them are very sharp, quite honestly. So do do I lose John Collins to add Marvin Bagley? I don't know. I don't think it's very likely. I see it doesn't happen. I think I think Halliburton's an incredibly intriguing prospect for Atlanta to he add is, opposite Trey Young. Although again, even less defense would be played in Atlanta than there already is. Jeff? Well just think about think about how, um, how fun it was to see that alley-oop off the backboard from Trey Young to John Collins. That was electric. I don't know if they're gonna give that up. That's pretty instant so, chemistry. But agreed. sorry. Um, so this one's not happening for, for two main reasons. The first one is the, the Hawks are going to sign him to that max extension. That is all but a done deal. Uh, in my mind, at least the reports are saying that that's what it seems like. I don't see how Atlanta could let him go after how good he was in their playoff run last year. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, uh, then they can always flip him again. But, you know, Clint Capella's getting up there a little bit in age, and Onyeka Okongwu suffered a really serious injury. So they, they need big man depth. Uh, they almost acquired it by trading for Tristan Thompson. Then they've just flipped him for another guard for whatever reason. To Sacramento. Uh, to, yeah, to Sacramento. But um, no, this was not happening for that. And then the other reason is Sacramento wasn't willing to include Tyrese Halliburton uh, as the starting point of a Ben Simmons trade. So there's no chance they do it for a John Collins signing trade. See, I think John Collins is better than Ben Simmons, you do. though. You agreed, do. Agreed. I agree. There you agreed. go, you, Anton. You, you do. I guarantee you that Sacramento's front office does not, and neither does any other front office in the NBA. Really? Yeah, yes. I don't know about yes. that. Uh, come on. Yes, a hundred percent, a hundred and ten. What does what does John Collins shoot from three? Is it above zero percent? Because I think because if, <laughs> if it is, I think I think he's definitely better. John but. Collins is he's he's not great on defense. For a big man, he's undersized. For all the great things we can say about John Collins, he's a better shooter. But he'd also be getting uh, paid like. 12 less million annually than Ben Simmons would. No, he would not. Five for 195, isn't it? Five for 195 is what Ben is getting. And, and yeah, but Pete, Max Collins can make his, what, yeah. four and 128? Yeah, but it sounds like people aren't ready to go there and say that Ben Simmons' contract is a bad contract. Uh, yeah, uh, it is. It, they're not ready. You are, Jeremy, <laughs> but you're basically an extension of Boston Sports Radio at this point, and they say bad stuff about everyone. But I am, I am on the sensible side that says that Ben Simmons right. sucks and that contract is a waste. But speaking of Ben Simmons, this gets us to the fun two trades that I saw at the end of this. That really, made, that really oh, no. made me say that I need to get this on the show at the end of this because I saw this midway through the show. All right, number four, Ben Simmons joins Lamelo Ball in Charlotte. No. <laughs> Charlotte, Charlotte receives Ben Simmons. <laughs> Sixers receive Terry Rozier, PJ Washington, Devontae Graham via sign and trade, Ugh. and a lottery protected first. Okay, the first off, not thank like God. First. I would have ended this show immediately if Gordon Hayward was in that trade package. <laughs> oh, I cannot watch. If Gordon Hayward went to Philly, I don't even know what I would do. I think I would, I might cry legitimately cry but but this deal it's a lot for Charlotte I just don't think that he Ben Simmons I think is it's on less Charlotte's than what radar. they were asking Charlotte than what they were asking Golden yeah, State the four to give first? Us. yeah the it's four just first? Wiseman just, and Wiggins it's just not gonna happen I don't think Ben Simmons is on Charlotte's radar no there's no way I, I just I can't I can't imagine the Charlotte doing this it doesn't make any sense yes they have that problem with like they have three point guards what are they gonna do with all those guys but do they do that and just flip them for Ben Simmons? That doesn't seem right. Especially no. when you want LaMelo Ball as your primary ball handler. You know, he passes. Um, he, he's a good facilitator. He's, you know, free, he seems to be fun to play with. Is it fun to play with Ben Simmons? Is it fun to play with a guy who literally won't shoot the ball in the fourth I, quarter? I, I would say I would say partially it is fun to play with Ben Simmons because you know that you're never going to get played yeah. for anything. That's true, but he has sort of that Chris Webber, like, don't give me the ball, Kevin Garnett, don't pass to me, please, in the fourth quarter, kind of look on his face. Kevin Garnett? Yeah. What are we Kevin talking Gar- about nah, there? Yeah, Kevin Garnett, Kevin Garnett, you know, he's always like, oh, we're passing away, bro. That's him and Chris Webber, I'm telling you. Oh, my God. Oddly similar. <laughs> that, I'm imagining a starting five of LaMelo, um, Booknight, 
Hayward, Ben Simmons at the four because we know he's not playing the one because he sucks, and um, <laughs> Kai Jones. I would say that where I, I've said this before, wherever Ben Simmons goes, he needs to be a small ball five because there are tons of centers. Most of the centers that start in today's NBA still don't shoot the three. So if you have him out there, it's fine. Right, he he he's not supposed to be taking. <laughs> you just want to see his soul get taken from him when Joel Embiid yams one on his poor melon head. Oh my partially, no, partially. I, I kind <laughs> of agree with Jeff there because Draymond sort of plays that yeah, same role. He does. You know? He does. He just kind of sets screens, just facilitates. He doesn't shoot very much either, and he still shoots much better than Ben Simmons, though. Yeah, you know that's crazy part is that Draymond Green looks like he's shooting with a backpack on, and yeah. somehow. <laughs> Shoots better. I'd rather have him take the the final shot of the game than Ben Simmons. Isn't that just shocking? Give me Iguodala. The the scary part about this package is that it would make the Sixers so much better if you could start um, Brogier and Devontae Graham and have him beat and Tobias Harris low. I mean that's just that's better than Ben Simmons. I'm sorry. If you the yeah, collection the collection of pieces is better than Ben Simmons. Whether or not you want yeah. to agree with me that Ben Simmons sucks. So what's does. this next Simmons trade? Uh, it's not a Simmons trade, but it is the last trade on this list. And it was the okay, last okay. one on in the article, which I found the most interesting. Kyle Lowry takes over point guard duties in Boston. All right, the package <laughs> oh. is this. Kyle Lowry in a sign-in trade, and then the Toronto Raptors receive Marcus Smart, Grant Williams, and Romeo Langford. Now, I am going to make this more interesting Ooh. and say that you have to throw in uh, say one first round pick to make that work. At least one first round pick, if not two. But I'm going to say one for for argument's sake. So you'd give up uh, Smart, Grant Williams, Romeo Langford, and a first round pick. You'd be, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to let Jeff lead on this. Is it reasonable? Absolutely. A hundred percent. I think Marcus Smart is a guy that Toronto will love. I think he could excel in their system. They just drafted a guy who can't shoot from three either, so he'd fit right in. Um, but... But uh, realistic, I just don't know because we haven't heard anything about the Celtics going after Kyle Lowry. I think he'd be a perfect fit here, a hundred percent. He's another guy that you know comes in. He he brings a lot of culture. Uh, just a guy who's going to put his head down and work really hard. I'd love to see him. Uh, but it's a shame you have to give up Grant Williams because you know we talked about. Um, we're not going to mention. <laughs> <laughs> the goat, the goat. But um, but uh, I tell you what, the the wagon swapping would yes. be complete there. You wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't be tilting the Western yeah. Hemisphere too far to one side. Yeah. The dumpy, um, the dumpy just, trade. Yeah, I don't think like there I wouldn't mentioned, there would be a giant the, sinkhole yeah. in the seaport district. Yeah. <laughs> the two of them standing in the same spot. Oh man, uh, like I, uh, man. Like I mentioned with the Ben Simmons trade and how he's not on Charlotte's roster, Jeremy's still dying here. Hey, I thought um, that was funny. Yeah, it was great. I, I just don't think that Boston is on Kyle Lowry's radar, and that's a shame because I would love to see him in Boston. I think the fit is great. You know what I'm saying? I think, like Jeff said, the fit would be really good. Um, it'd also be nice to see Marcus Smart taking transition threes with a different team. That'd be kind of fun to see. Um, but do I see it <laughs> happening? I feel like Rob is someone who's really interesting, very injury-prone, but he has, like, a. He has, I love his game and his... He's he's so athletic, uh, he's so explosive, and he's pretty quick on his feet. Um, will the Celtics be willing to give him up for Kyle Lowry? Uh, he wasn't in that deal, was he? It no, was Grant. He was. Grant. It was Grant and Smart and Romeo. Oh, I thought you said Rob. My bad. No, that's um, what we were talking about, Grant. Oh, yeah. good. Okay, well then, never mind. I say I say you do it because Grant, get that guy out of here, man. He's uh, Man, he's terrible. I, I was a, I was a fan of Grant Williams for a second, and then I watched him play basketball, and I was like, ah, I don't know, <laughs> he's okay. Isn't it so kind of crazy that he's like, you go to Tennessee, the University of Tennessee, that man is a legend. He's the best basketball player to ever go through that program. He steps <laughs> foot on that campus, and he is swarmed by people. Grant. No. Williams. No, yes, he's, he is. He's swarmed by about seven people because basketball means very, very little at, at the schools that, that is Tennessee. It's all about hey, football. There. don't talk ill about the Volunteers. They have a cute name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? I don't know. I was trying to think of something better to say about Tennessee. Hey, if, if he's the best guy that went through a school that produced a guy by the name of Admiral, Admiral then, we re- then we really have yeah. something wrong because that is one of the best yeah. names I have ever heard. Admiral Schofield is a sick name. <laughs> That being said, um, the trade is so bad in terms of the return going to Toronto because the Raptors have no leverage. Lowry's an unrestricted free agent. I don't even think that's that bad, bad. though. 
I'm, I don't even think it's that bad because I think Marcus Smart is a piece that a ton of people would want to have on their team. The question is, would you trade him for Lowry when you could trade him for something else? And I would say, yes, you do. I think that Lowry, Brown, Tatum, Horford, and Rob as a death lineup would be very intriguing. They can guard almost anybody because Lowry can just bump down low with one of the centers and just kind of like move him out of the paint real quick. Um, so I, I would do it. I would like to trade anything and everything at this point. I'm, I'm hooked on the Brad fervor of getting... Uh, trading of getting trades done as opposed to Danny Ainge keeping everything uh kind of in-house and not wanting to let go of everything and because we have Bruins as our second center uh, Bruno third, Fernando that third is. center nope, second center who's the th- who's the second center Horford's gonna play small ball five no, he's gonna play he's gonna play the four so that way the, he the absolutely wouldn't you absolutely will not play I want to see him play he doesn't he like play to the- play the five he, he what about, has what about to the green hornet bro the green hornet. he's still there He's no, he's gone. He's a he's a Aww, free agent, unfortunately. That's All right. tragic. All right, played some big minutes. Thank you, everyone. Clap it up for Garen's game. This was a phenomenal segment once again, Woo! Jeremy. We look forward to seeing what you have next episode for us. I'll come up uh, with it on the fly. Don't worry. Yeah, and that's gonna wrap things up. The NBA, it's going to get really interesting in the matter of the next couple of hours here uh, over the next day as teams are able to officially agree to terms with players. So. While we did this preview, we might end up doing a, an emergency podcast at some point if something absolutely crazy happens. Keep an eye out for that. I'm Jeff Pratt. You can find me on Twitter at Hotline Fantasy. Anton, thanks again for joining the show. Drop your socials. Uh, yes, you can find me on Instagram at Anton Lee. That's A-N-T-O-N-L-E-E with two underscores on Instagram. Jeremy, host of Garen's Game, thank you so much for coming on the show once again. Drop your socials for the great people out there. All right, so check us out on at PT Sports Talk on Instagram and at Talk Primetime on Twitter. Uh, that is because the NBA free agency, as Jeff mentioned, will be going on throughout this week starting at 6 p.m. tomorrow, which I did not know. I was hoping it was midnight tonight, but it's 6 p.m. tomorrow starting when you can tamper with free agents legally. I will be doing a recap graphic for all of the major deals that go down because I will not be around for most of the day. We're want to recap it at the end of the night give uh people the five biggest signings and the five biggest remaining free agents so that'll be on both of those socials as well as check out at big bad bruins with two s's at the end i just recently did a lot of overhaul on that account sent up a couple more instagram highlights that would be on instagram by the way um just to kind of do some housekeeping and now it looks all nice and clean and i really like that so you should check that out as well Guys, thank you so much for joining me once again. As always, great to talk basketball with you. And I'm looking forward to maybe doing an emergency podcast this week. And if not, we're going to get back to the NFL next week. Both of you guys, stay safe. Everyone out there listening, have a great week. Enjoy NBA free agency. Enjoy the Olympics. Team USA finally starting to look like themselves. USA. USA. Have a good one. Justin's outro. Play us out, man.